With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Okay, how are you? I cannot complain. <laughs> I cannot complain. Are you loving this this weather we're having? Well, you know, I mean, I know we need rain, but does it have to be so many consecutive days? <laughs> Although I'll still take it over snow. Yes. Yes. Anything over snow. Anything over snow. And the thing is, it has not. It's not raining out here. So it's just cold. (laughs) (laughs) So so yesterday, Osiris was like, I want to go to the park. And I'm like, the way the sky is looking, it's going to pour 80 minutes. And that's what ever came out. I was like, oh, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so bad. I was like, oh, he could have went to the park. I was like, it was just looking like it was going to just open up and shrench us. But nothing ever came. So it's something about Illinois. And that's what I was been doing for the last few days. I mean, it had just, like, out the blue, it had just started pouring. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we never know what you're going to get when you live here. So <clears throat> we cannot be, we cannot be surprised <laughs> at Mm-mm. all. At all. Nope, not in Illinois. That's for real. 
Yeah. Uh, but I love it. I love it. You know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, except for the taxes and the politicians. But that's yeah. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Man, it is. Oh, my goodness. Uh, mastermind call was really interesting last night. I was, I was um, on and off. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Was, um, people lurking? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Because I, I was, um, I was half listening because I was trying to, um, Maria had given me some information about, uh, the company that, you know, looks for contractors that work from home. Uh-huh. And I was trying to get that information together because I was supposed to have a, um, I have an interview today, and so I was trying to get, you know, they tell you to get some screenshots and stuff about your system and all this other stuff, and so I was trying to do that. I kept running into issues, so I couldn't, like, totally focus on the call. Oh, okay. What kind of contract are you going to be? Um, It's supposed to be for customer service. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then um, it was so interesting because I was looking at, I had looked it up on, um, I don't know where I did it, I don't know how, but God led me to, I know how, he, he showed me some other um, companies that do work-at-home contractors. And it's basically like transcription and stuff like that. And so um, I took the test. I was taking a test on that as well and trying to listen to the call, which that one didn't work out so well. But, you know, I didn't do too well on the, on the test. But I was like, okay, I get it. I get a, um, a second chance on the test. I'm going to try to take it again this evening. You're okay. Um, yeah. Because I do. I want to work from home. I don't want to. I really don't want to um, work outside the home. You right. Know, because it just, it just, it's not where I want to be right now. You know. Once you get out the office for some time, you really don't want to go back. I mean, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go when I was working. At home. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I was, you know, it was like there's something better. There's something better. You know, that was what God kept telling me. There's something better. And so, you know, I, I stand. I stand firm on the belief that he's taking me to the better. I just got to be patient, you know, and and keep, like, stand public, just keep moving. Just keep moving. And it was, his service was very good yesterday. 
I, I love the way he broke down, you know, the story of Esther and being that willing vessel, you know, and that's and that's one of the things. That's like one of the the um the things throughout the Bible. Like he's always been looking for that willing vessel that would say yes to his request. I mean, when you look at it, he never really, he never really, it was only commands where the Ten Commandments and, you know, and the laws and stuff that he put in place. But the rest of it was is pretty much, are you willing? I need somebody willing to do my will, you know? So that I thought that was pretty decent the way he broke that down. Mhm. You know. But that's what we've been doing on this call, trying to be willing. Willing <laughs> testing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was kinda of stepping on toes with that one too. Yeah. It was good. I was like, uh, okay. All right, Lord. <laughs> you know. So, and um, what was the mastermind call? Can you give us a? Can you give us a? Um, because did you ever get into the book? Did you ever read the book? I wasn't for sure. Did I read which book? Um, and and the mastermind. Did you ever get to? Any of the principles yesterday, any new principles? Or was um, it I did, we only did one, and it was on tithing. Okay. Okay. That was towards the uh, the end of the call because it wasn't um, it wasn't a long principle, and it was about six thirty, and I was like, okay, we should be able to to get through this. Oh. Yeah, so that was done. that was at the end. That yeah, was at the end. Yeah, I missed that one. I know tithing is a big is a big uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's a divider. Yeah. It, it's a divider. I mean so some people believe in tithing and some people don't believe in tithing. It's just like, you know, but that goes to where you are, you know, it goes to your relationship with with God, you know, how you, that's why just my opinion, you know, your relationship with God, you you know, if you decide to tithe or not, the principle is there for a reason. You know, and a lot of businesses, that's how they came up with, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's how they came up with donations and things like Good that. Good because right. On the books, it's called Goodwill. <clears throat> but it's pretty much, it's all about a giving of yourself, you know. It's a giving of and showing appreciation. For what you have received, 
Right. You know, and, and, and acknowledging that it's not, it wasn't you, it was God. So, you know, I think, you know, when you put it in that context, you know, how you tie it and what you tie is between you and God to show that appreciation, you know. And it, you know, it was because sometimes it bothers me how much, you know, they, um, the, the ministers in the churches, they are very thick sticklers about that, but not about everything else. And so then it's just, to me, it's like, okay, so now you're just all about the money. You're not really about anything else but the money. Because in and the long run. that's what a lot of people off, too, about tithing. Yeah. Because they view it as going straight into the pastor's pocket. Right. You know, I mean, because my thing is, it's like if you're going to, if you're, because sometimes that's, that's what happens at my church. You know, and I love my church, you know, when I go. But, mm-hmm. you know, but that's what those in the office are. It's like you you keep, you know, every every other week, it's like, you know, remember God's that tithe, and it's just like, so what about the other command? You know, what about the lying? What about the fornication? What about the adultery? What about, you know, but you're so stuck on tithing. And it's like, I think we got that down pat. <laughs> you know, I think we got that down pat. I think we need to have the spiritual, other spiritual principles that God wants us to, that that's going to give us, get us either in heaven or hell. Can we, can we go to those as well, please? You know. Right. But, they, you know, they don't really. They tell you the tithe, and they tell you it's in the Bible, but they don't really you know, like teach about it and, you know, in the chapter yesterday was, you know, um, in the principle was what you had just said because um, he gave the example of someone who had, um, you know, built up a fortune and then lost it and was trying to figure out, you know, why he had lost it. And um, one of his main issues that he hadn't tied and you know, he, as he was rebuilding his fortune, he was like, okay, I'm either going to believe in tithing or I'm not. And, you know, so he started, um, you know, he started tithing. And then, you know, in the principle, he broke it down about, you know, this is um, recognizing what I, you know, what I've received, you know, like what you had just said. And it's like I had never had it explained to me quite like that. You know um, that you're not. You know that tithing isn't like a tax or anything like that. Because sometimes that's, that's how the churches kind of like make it feel. You know, right. you know, like it's a tax that you're supposed to pay. And when he said, you know, it, you're, it's basically you, um, you know, thanking God for for what you have received. And right. I was like, oh, okay, now that's an interesting way of looking at it. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't looked at it. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way before, and it certain had, certainly hadn't been explained to me that way before, you know. And then the other thing you say about it being a, um, a relationship between you and God, 
And see, to me, now that I can I can work with also because, um, you know, I know it says in the Bible, you know, like the 10%, but, you know, if God speaks to you and he tells you to only give 5%, then that's okay because that came from him. Right. You know, that can't, you know, the church can't get upset because you didn't give 10% because it's not about them and you not you don't answer to them. You know, and so these churches that, you know, if you're a member, you have to submit your tax returns so that they, they'll know that you truly did give 10%. I got a problem with that. You know, yes. setting up the, the automatic withdrawal, I have a problem with that because you're supposed to give, you know, the money, you're supposed to give it, you know, like with a happy heart, a generous heart, that type of thing. If you're automatically taking it out of my account, technically that's me giving, but it's not the same as me, you know, giving you the check or giving you the cash because that's me giving. Right. You know, if you automatically taking it out of my account, you know, that truly is like a, another bill. That, that just becomes a financial transaction, and there's no... You know, there's no thought behind it. There's no feeling behind that. It's just, you know, automatically done. That's how you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So, and and to me, you know, for the for the church to to be offering that and trying to, make, you know, well, this will make it easier for you or whatever the case may be. That has nothing to do with me. That's all about you. Exactly. Or even to say, well, if you don't have, if you don't have the money. Then put it on your credit card. That's not tithing. That's not tithing. You're tithing. You're, you're tithing the money that you have. You know. I mean, and if you really look at it, we're not even supposed to be. I mean, yes, it can be converted to money, but with the way the church is set up, can I tithe Camden? Can I tithe? You know, it says bring the food into the storehouse. I'm like. There are so many things that the church needs so that it can do what it's supposed to do, which is help other people. It's like, well, what about tithing my time? Maybe I could be a tax preparer for the for the congregation. Is you know, maybe I can put my doctor skills in play. You know, it's like there's no there's 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 nothing concrete set in stone. It's really, again, it's, it's really about us acknowledging that what we have is not from us. It's from him. So, and that's one thing I believe wholeheartedly. Like, if you're not, if you don't tie the money, tie your time, tie your, your, your skill. Tie, you know, you can do that to the glory of God. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give, you know, X amount of hours free, you know, in labor to the body of Christ. And so you're not looking for nothing. You're just you're just giving your, your time free. So if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse practitioner, if you're, you know, if you're a carpenter, whatever your skill set is, you, you set aside a certain amount of hours to donate or to give, you know, to honor God and say, this is this is me. 
giving back to God what is his, my hands, my, you know, my experience. But, you know. And he covered yeah. Covered that in the principal yesterday, last night too. Huh? He covered that in the principal last night. Yeah. Because that's you know that's oh, a side. Yep. But that's it's just it's just really it's just like wow, you know. I I look at I look at the different ministers and I just be like oh. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, it's it's pretty much, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it saddens me sometimes, you know, because the body of Christ is is getting is pulling back more and more toward self. You know, and not and not pushing towards God. But they think it's the same thing, you know. They think it's the same thing, and it's really not. So, um, let's get started because I'm not able to stay on long today. If you wouldn't mind praying us in. To our Bible study today. Okay. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call to start out our week in fellowship and learning and sharing of your word. Father, we thank you for Felicia and her obedience in answering the call, leading this call and doing the prep work beforehand so that she knows what it is that she wants to cover and has convened with you, Father, to get an understanding of your word and always comes prepared to the call and willing to share what she has been taught to the rest of us. Father, we just pray that all who come on this call this morning, that they hear something that will help them with their walk as they go on with their week. And, Father, we just pray that we continue to be helpful of other people, that we be a blessing to someone, someone that we don't even know, just to remember to say hello, to to ask someone how they're doing, to smile at them. These small acts of kindness that cost us nothing and take so little time can mean the world to someone else. And you just never know when someone is having a bad day and you're just acknowledging their presence makes them feel so much better. So, Father, I pray that we are continuing to do that on a daily basis and knowing that um, even if we don't know how it affects someone, we know that it that it's doing good at some point in time, and in return it makes us feel good. Father, we just thank you for your unconditional love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, okay. Um, Last night, I was, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, we're, we're in Exodus. And it's so funny because um, I got excited. There is this um, 
not too good, but every switch I remember is my next one. Okay. Oh, I hate that. Um, anyway, I will come to you because there's a minister that is out of, um, I think it's, he's out of Atlanta or he's out of California. And he's been around forever. Um, but his son has taken over now. His son preaches. And, um, and I was, I was, Flipping through the channels on this is Friday or Saturday, and he every time I see him, I catch his, his Saturday. Every time I see him, I try to I catch his teaching, and he was teaching on Genesis, I'm sorry, on Exodus, and it was so interesting because he was coming, um, he was teaching the way. We were, you know, um, he was teaching last week's um, lesson, uh, you know, from Exodus the beginning, and it was just like I got excited. I was like, okay, so we're on the right track, you know, trying to trying to get a better understanding of who God is. We're not the only ones, you know. And his breakdown was so awesome because he was saying how, um, you know, again about God looking for the willing vessel and how Moses, even though he, you know, was so um, adamant about him not being able to um, to um, to speak and, you know, having all the doubts that he had, at the end of the day, he was still willing. But then he... Then he um, looked at why God had to have a willing vessel because everybody was so into their flesh, you know. And um, and so I was just like looking at, you know, so I've been looking at TV with a different mindset, you know, and I'm looking at the different programs and things that they have on. <clears throat> And um, everything is about deception and everything is about the stomach and, you know, what to put on your body. Everything that God said not to have a care of is actually being forced or programmed into us, you know, those, those who are not paying attention being programmed into us that these things are vitally important. And so um, as I was going to sleep last night, he gave me um, there are no signs. And so I was like, wait a minute, what? You know, and so um, I'm going to read um, Psalm 74. And, And this is where and then we go, and it, it ties into us reading Exodus, but it also ties into where we are in present day. Okay, and it says, Oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the rod of your inheritance. 
inheritance which you have redeemed, this Mount Zion wherein you have dwelt. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolation, even all that the enemy has done wickedly in the sanctuary. Your enemies war in the midst of your congregation, and they set up their ensigns for signs. A man was famous according as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees, but now they break down the carved wood thereof at once with axes and hammers. And they have cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them together. They have burned down all the synagogues of God in the land. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet, neither is there any among us any that knoweth how long. O God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? That was the question. Why withdraw thy, thy hand? Why withdraw your hand, even your right hand, pluck it out of your bosom? For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You did divide us, and then it goes on to say all that he did. Um, and then it says, um, remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of the eternal dove unto the multitude of the wicked, and forget not the congregation of your poor forever. And so um, have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and the needy praise your name. Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproach you daily. Forget not the voice of the enemies. The tumult of those that rise up against you increase continually. And um, and it's it, but going back to we see not our signs. And before that, it says they said in their heart, "Let us destroy them all together." And I was and he was showing me how, and you know, they have erected the you know the 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 entryway for ball, and they've they're erecting statues to ball, and they're did you know that they have they have had a blasting day where they can where they are now they are now going to do a full day of nothing but talking against God like they don't do it every day but like a full day they they, they it's called blasting day and I saw that in on my timeline I think it was last week before last, and how the atheists had pushed for it, and it went through. And I was just like, a blasting day? Are you serious? Okay, so what are they doing? Trash God on that day? Yes. In the schools? Um, It's not so much as in schools. Um, hold on. 
to accept what we accept. It's not going to happen, but there is no respect of opinion. And so it's like, well, we're trying to be respectful because that's what God tells us to do. We give them the word of God. They don't accept it. We continue to move on. And, you know, we we just don't say nothing else. They are pretty much, like, calling us out and being disrespectful. So it makes it harder for us to... um, be believers in that respect. But that's why he says we need to stand firm. And so when we go, and as we go into um, Exodus in the next chapter, we, we see the different signs. And just to give a breakdown, the signs that God gives are for the, uh, is because he goes against the gods of the um, of the those who don't believe in him. And so every every everything that is done in the sight of Pharaoh are the different gods that they worshipped. And so and that's and that's what happens now in present day. Everything that God is letting Everything that's being that's been happening now is going against the gods of this day. So our biggest god is our is the money, and so we've been steadily seeing the money is no longer stable, and with money being no longer stable, the the rich man is now making it even harder for us to, excuse me, the rich man is making it even harder for us to be sustainable with what we need to buy. And so the hardship comes, which is basically where we were in Egypt, you know, that we're going into when we cried out to God. And God was like, oh, you, you do need my help. Okay, here I come. And so we're, we're, back at that, we're back at that point again where we're crying out to God because the, the weight of what the wicked is doing has become so, um, what's the word, has become so burdensome that now we're crying out even the more unto God. Even though a lot of people are crying to the minister, the ministers of the church who are not crying out to God, they're just asking you for more money. We need more money to be on the air so that we can give you the teaching of God. We need more money so that we can build a new facility. We need, you know, we need more money. We need more money. And you're, you're, you're coming at us as the world is coming at us, asking us for more money. And we're asking you for the solution, which is God. So that being said, um, let us go into Exodus. And we are going into chapter 
to the previous pharaoh because of the famine that had been in the land. So he basically owned the people. He was able to say when they ate and when they didn't eat. He was able to tell them when they had to work and when they didn't have to work. So, you know, in so many ways, he was a small a small God to them. And I'm quite sure that kind of power, um, you know, that kind of power corrupts people and their mentality. So he's like, who is this guy? I don't know who this guy is. Okay. And so verse 3, and they said, the God of the Hebrews has left with us. Let us go, we pray you, three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do you, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burden? And and Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the Lord now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and the officers, saying, You shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale of the bricks, which they did make heretofore, you shall lay upon them. You shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. And so basically what he's saying is, Oh, so you want to leave to go and sacrifice to your God. That means you have nothing to do. So we're going to, I'm going to make it harder for you to do your job. And that's even what they do now. It's like we no longer have, you know, um, what we used to have factories, you know, here in the United States where, you know, we were working and everybody had a job and, you know, we created our own, you know, our own, Metal. We created our own thing. We created our own oil. We didn't need to go outside of our of the United States to get those things, and so our lives were easier. But now, now that they, you know, evil sin is starting to overtake the land again, the factories are no more. So now we have to pay more, even though it's not like a physical labor. It's still a physical labor because we have to work more hours to make the money to get what we need to buy because now it has to be shipped from overseas and we have to pay all this extra money for the supply and demand and the shelving and the storehouses and all this other stuff that we didn't have to do before. And so the burden is now harder because 
you know, we were, you know, we were, we were believing in God, and we were, you know, we were acknowledging who God was. And the Pharaoh, the government, didn't like that. Oh, so you can, you know, oh, so you want to have, you want to have, um, have Saturday church, or you want to have Sunday church? Oh, we got, we got to cut that out. You can't. That means you have too much time on your hands. How dare you say you need to take time off on the weekend? You know, and, and because that's your day of worship. So let's let's make it so that your hours fluctuate, and you can't just work Monday through Friday. You might have to actually work Saturday and Sunday as well. And so. And it says, um, verse nine, let their more let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. So not only are they talking about more labor, but then they're talking about the words too. Hello, that's what they're doing now. Oh, so you got to watch what you say. You know, you, you you have too much time and you have too much freedom of your speech. That means you're thinking too much. So, therefore, let us work you even more, make you even more strenuous on you so at the end of the day you don't ask me for nothing else. And the taskmasters, the taskmasters of the people went out and their officers, and they speak to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go you, get you straw where you can find it, yet not all of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all of the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. So not only did they not have the proper tools, I'm sorry, not the proper, they didn't have the proper supply. They had to go and search all over the land for what they needed, and they still didn't find the proper, they, had, they found stubble. Not, the, not the, the whole straw, but just the stubble to do the work that they needed to do. And again, bringing that to present day, that's where we are now. The food, your clothes, I mean, wherever, you, wherever you're looking for, it's, it's hard to find yeah. what you need. I'm sorry, go ahead. Any questions or comments so far? No, I'm good so far. I'm multitasking, so. Okay. Okay, verse 13. And the taskmasters hasted them, saying, Fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as when there were straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and demanded. Therefore, have you not fulfilled your task in making bread both yesterday and today as heretofore? So 
So because they weren't able to make the same amount of bricks that they were making when the straw was supplied, now they were beating the officers of the you know of the Hebrews who were also Hebrew. Now again, that brings it back to present day. Well, why don't you have your work done? Why aren't you able to pay your bill? So we have to foreclose on your house. We have to turn off and turn off your utilities. We have to, you know, fire you because you're not doing your job correctly. Well, taxes upon taxes upon taxes upon taxes is the same as you. I don't have a. You, you took away my straw. All my straw, all the straw that I had, you took away, and you, and you, I'm working with double here. But you expect me to do the same thing every, produce the same amount of work, the same amount of money, and pay for the same things, but without the same supply. I'm not able to do it. And so they were beaten. They don't beat us, but they take away from us. They take it away. Even if, you know, all welfare takes the husband away, takes the kids away. You know, you're not able to pay. You, you can't eat. You can't have shelter. You can't have, you know, we we got to take it away. And so, and because they associate those things with God, now we're going to hate God even more. That's how it is present day, and that's how it happened here. Verse 15, the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore do you thus with thy servants? There is no strength given unto your servants. And they say to us, Make break, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in, your, is in thine own people. But he said, You are idle. You are idle. Therefore, you say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. He said, go therefore now and work. For there shall no shall be given you, yet shall you deliver the tale of bread. He said, so you have, you have enough time to go and listen to the word of God on Saturday and Sunday. So therefore, you have too much time on your hands. If you really want to make more money, then you need to work on Saturday or Sunday. Even though the Lord says one day set aside is to be sanctified because I sanctify the day and I did no work, so therefore you shall too. But you can't. That means you have too much time and therefore you need to work every day of the week to make ends meet. That is what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. But we want our money. We want our money, and we want it now. Verse 19, And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case. After it was said, 
you shall not lose aught from your bricks in your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our favor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hands to slay us. And so now, because their lives have gotten harder, now they blame the prophet. Now they blame God. This is your fault. Because I was listening to you, God, look at the affliction that has come upon me. This is your fault. So now I will judge you. God is going to judge you, prophet, because you came and told us the truth. And we were, and, and, but because you told us the truth, this affliction is now upon us. So God is going to judge you even though it was God coming to them through the prophet to tell them this is what I'm trying to do for you. I'm trying to answer your cry, and but there's a process that has to be done first. Verse 22, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore have you so evil and treated this people? Why is it that you have sent me? And so, for since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to his people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. And so now even Moses is is basically doubting. Like, you told me to go and tell them that you were going to deliver them, Father, but they're becoming afflicted again. Why? You said you were going to deliver them. They got excited. They saw the signs that you gave, but they're still being, they, they, now it's even worse. So why have you sent me to the people? Verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1. When the Lord said unto Moses, Now shall you see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand, Shall he let them go? With a strong hand, shall he drive them out of his land? And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was not, I was not known to them. Okay. They were known, they were known by, um, they knew him by the name of God Almighty, but they didn't know him by I am. And so he was like, that's, that's, that's what they didn't know him as. And that's what he's, he's about to show himself to be, you know, in the midst of releasing the people from Pharaoh. Chapter 4, 
And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am. The Lord, and I will bring you out of the out. I will bring you out. I'm sorry, from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it, give it you for a heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And so even though God is telling them again who he is, they did not want to hear him any longer because they chose bondage over freedom in him. They were choosing bondage over freedom because it was uncomfortable. And that was that's one of the words that, you know, Sam talks about all the time on the line, you know, that being uncomfortable, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when God wants to take us out, of bondage, a bondage, a bondage is comfortable. Sin is comfortable because you don't have to think about anything. Your body is your body is not rebelling against you. You know, it's kind of just like, uh, you know, you're kind of like going down the river in a raft when you're in sin. You know, it's when you choose to follow God that. You have this, this, it, it hurts because it's like a band-aid. It's like putting tape on hair, you know, and the tape has been there on that hair for so long that you were fine with it. But now that you're trying to take the tape off, it's like, nope, leave it, that hurts. That, that hurts. I don't I don't want to take it off. We're gonna just leave it there. And that's pretty much where Israel was. They were just like, We have been here in this bondage and we we want to get from up under it, but we don't want to pay the price for it. Present day, I wanna get out of this thing. I wanna get out of homosexuality. I wanna get out of drugs. I wanna get out of 
being a liar. But man, the the when I get out of that sin, whatever it is, it's so much easier, even though it's a burden, to try to get out from under because it takes work. And the devil beating me up over it. No, I'm good. I think I want to stay. And that's where the, the, the Israelites were at this point. Verse 10. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These be the heads of their father's house. And so um, from verse 14 down to verse 24, it basically talks about the different people that went. the different Levites and the, and the families and the names of the sons of Levi's, you know, that were for the temple. So we're going to skip all of that uh, to verse 26. And these are that Aaron and Moses, to whom the Lord said, bring out the children of Israel from the land according to their armies. And the insult so it was, these are the these are the ones that God was saying needs to be brought out of Egypt. So He brought out the heads. He brought out the um, the army, and so um, well, it's a lot of names. Verse twenty-eight, and it came to pass on the day when the Lord spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord, speak you unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to thee. And Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? And so in verse in chapter 7, and then we're going to end at chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy that brother shall be thy prophet. And so, um, verse 2, You shall speak all that I command thee, 
and Aaron your brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, for he sent the children of Israel out of his land. So what God did was he let it be so that, because, again, it's flesh against flesh, spirit against spirit. And so God had to have a willing vessel. And so Moses is the representation of small God, God, small G, to fight the small God, small God, small G of Pharaoh. So Pharaoh had, Pharaoh was considered a God. So now Moses is being considered a God because now they're on even ground. It's evenly matched. And it's symbolic of how God and Satan, I mean, they're not evenly matched, but because it's letting us see how, you know, there is, there, there, even though um, Pharaoh, Satan, can do some of the same tricks that we're going to see, that he can do some of the, he can do some of the same signs as God. He's still not God. And so, seeing Moses and Pharaoh in this in the next several verses is basically letting us know that what God can do, Satan can do to some extent, but God can do it better and bigger. And he can overcome because his power is um you know, is is over everything. And so with us, he's letting us see it as it unfolds to Moses and Pharaoh. Before we go any further, are there any questions or comments? Okay. Uh, nope, I think it's just the two of us on here. At least it was last time I checked. Okay. Well, that's fine. Okay. Um, and verse 2, you shall speak all that I command thee, and that brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. And this is what God does now. He, you know, he raised the dead, and it's been it's been noted. He's opened blind eyes, and it's been noted. He's, you know, he's he's opened deaf ears, and it's been noted. It's been noted how he's um he's helped the lame to walk. You know, um, where the the legs were. Uneven. It's been noted how legs have been lengthened to make it easier for people, and arthritic hands been healed. Everything that God has done has been noted, but the sin of this world has made it so that when you say it was God, they'll say, "Well, the doctor can do that," or such and such can do that. That's nothing, you know. So the hardening of the heart is because man says, I can do that too. 
or it's been done. That that's not that that doesn't impress me. That's why the signs are not meant for those who don't believe. Signs are meant for the believer to keep our faith strong. Verse three, verse four. I'm sorry, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, but I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth my enemies, my outside my armies, and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgment, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them. So did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three, when they spake unto Pharaoh. So Moses was 80, and Aaron was 83. And so again, we see how the younger, the older, was a servant to the younger. The older was a servant to the younger. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then you shall say unto Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. A serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, And they said that it could have been a snake or a crocodile that, you know, that the staff became a snake or a crocodile. Um, then Moses called the wise men and the sorcerers, the, the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantment. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord has said. So they threw down their, they threw down their rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod ate their serpents. You know, ate their serpents up. Like, okay, that's not, mm-mm. still be, I'm still bigger. I'm still better. Verse 14. And this is, in, in my book, it says, God authenticates Moses by the plague. And so um, we're only going to get through the first plague. And they, there were actually ten plagues altogether. We'll go just to the first plague. So verse 14, And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. 
30 unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he goes out unto the water, and you shall stand by the river's brink against he come, and the rod which was turned to a serpent shall you take in your hand, and you shall say unto him, The Lord of the Hebrews has sent me unto you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto you would not hear. Thus says the Lord, and this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. Excuse me. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall sink. And the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water or the river. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Wow. I didn't even know that. And Moses and Aaron did so, as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river, in the sight of Pharaoh, and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that was in the river died, and the river sank. And the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river, and there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And the Egyptians, I'm sorry, and the, and the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantment. And Pharaoh's heart was hard, neither did he hearken unto them. As the Lord has said, and Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither did his east at his heart to this also. And all the Egyptians digged around about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled after the Lord had smitten the river. And here's the thing. It says here, I just thought it was, I just thought it was the river that God had afflicted with the plague of blood. But he made it all inclusive because he wanted, he wanted it to be known that he was God. So not only did he afflict the river, he afflicted all the waters, the river, the ponds, the wells, and even the water that was already drawn out. So if you went outside to your clay pot 
over, you know, whatever they stored their water in at their houses, those were also turned to blood. So there was no drinking water anywhere. He had turned it all to blood. Now they actually, now that they did depict in the movie. They did. Because remember uh, when when he had went to see to see Pharaoh and he he turned you know the water into blood and um, Pharaoh picked up the, the the vase and he you know said you know I guess his equivalent of a prayer or whatever um, and started to pour the water out of the vase and it started coming out as water and turned to blood. Wow. I haven't seen I haven't seen Moses and I haven't seen him in years. I haven't looked at it. Whenever it comes on, I don't even look at it anymore. I have to look at it. I still watch it every year like I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I mean, I really just thought that he had turned the the river into blood. But that 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 is something. But then it's like, what was the what were the magicians doing? They were standing there like astounded. But they said that. But, but that's the thing. It says, and the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantment. And it's like, okay, God had already. God had already you know, um, turn everything to blood. What were you doing? What were you trying to, what were you calling yourself doing, you know? And so, um, <laughs> they, they kind of, whatever, whatever, whatever they found, they, and it was probably a lie because the guy had already changed everything from, you know, everything into blood, there was nothing that was left for them to turn into blood. So whatever they did was a deception in front of the eyes of Pharaoh, which he had already, he already wasn't accepting. So whatever the the magicians, which of course, you know, are, are demonic spirits anyway, and that, you know, because they're dealing with the mind, you know, um, practice, it's like they were deceiving him. And because he was already, like, not willing to see, excuse me, who God was, the deception was easy. Abba Hocus Focus, oh, look, we changed it to blood, too. And it's like, no, you didn't. It was already blood. God had already did it. What are you doing? That's because illusion, you know, with, 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 with anything, we, if, when you're living in sin, you want to continue to deal with the illusion that you are in control. Oh, yeah, that kind of sense. You know, it's like, so... Okay, you know, you you not showing me that I did not already see, so whatever. You know what? Now what? You know, and and it's kind of it's kind of like how it is now. You know, you try to you try to you know like I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's like so prevalent. That's the only way to do it. 
strength of homosexuality. You you have somebody who says, it was by the grace of God I got out. People look at you and be like, well, you could have did that on your own. Same thing with alcoholism and drug addiction and stuff. Those who try to, those who, who give God the acknowledgement that it was because of him that they were delivered, they're like, well, you could have did that with a 12-step program. That's the, that's the deception of the enemy. Well, you could have went to rehab for that because, you know, why go through all of that? They have oxy, or is that the oxycotton or whatever that they give you. We, well, I did that too. I, I, was, I kicked it, you know. But no, but they, they kicked it. But have they resolved it? You know, exactly. and, and that's why you know whenever like I pray for the the abused and addicted because if you if you do not address the root cause of the problem. Okay, because if you are if you are drinking in excess, if you are taking drugs, there is something that you do not want to deal with, and and that's how you do. That's how you cope. There's there's some pain there. There's something there that that instead of you know dealing with it, you're you're masking it with alcohol and 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 with drugs. And you know you can go through the, the twelve step program. Okay, and uh, but if you do not deal with what is truly causing your addiction in the first place, then you don't recognize the triggers. And you end up, that's why you you got the people that go to rehab three, four, five, six times, you know, and until they actually deal with what it is that's causing that that pain, um, yeah, they complete the program, but they're not really, they're not really healed. And because that pain is so like entrenched in them, yeah, they did need God to 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 make it through that because man couldn't help them get through that, not alone. Oh. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, so many, like you said, so many people are going back because they didn't know what the root cause of it was. I mean, a lot of times it was not even, you know, it's not even what she thought it was. Oh, you blame it on mom or you blame it on dad. But it wasn't even them. You know, it wasn't even them. It's something within you, you know, that makes you go back. Mm-hmm. Because, but, you know, after a while you have to choose, you know, to live in the past, to live in the present. So, you know, I mean, even through his word, he says, basically, you can no longer blame your parents. You know, that that doesn't work anymore when you're, when you're living, you know, under God. He's just like, no, once you choose me, you, you don't have to blame your parents for anything because mm-hmm. now you're under something totally different. But... That's where the world is. It's like blame your mom or your dad. It's it's something to do with them. It's always something. It's like what they say they always start off with. So tell me about your childhood. You know, and it's like okay, your childhood 
with that. I mean, you have, you 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 can you can, which I just learned. It's like that's how that's how pills swallow, because you want to, you want to say I'm this way because, but at the end of the day, it's um. It's really your choice, you know. At the end of the day, it's your choice how you deal with your life, you know. And we have to choose either to let the past make us or break us, you know. And I think that's why so many people are walking around broken, because they choose to let the past break them. You know, um, you know, making it personal. I mean, that was where I was at. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, it's not like I've gotten, I've gotten far. It's not where I, I how to say, I'm not where I, I should be, but I'm not where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like you have to, at some point, there is a time where you have to hold yourself accountable for yep. your actions. It's no longer because Mama and Daddy did anything because at the end of the day, they're no longer around. So so how are you going to keep blaming them? You have well, to be, not, not that they didn't do anything, but it's you know you can't you can't keep blaming them for it. Okay, that's that's why you believe what you believe or what have you. But once you become an adult and you learn the difference between right and wrong, and you had to make the decision, you know what? I I understand why I do certain things because of what happened to me when I was a child, but I'm not a child anymore. Right. So that that um. That excuse doesn't doesn't fly anymore. That's not that's not acceptable. And so now I, as an adult, can make the decision to do differently. Exactly. You can choose a different way. Mm-hmm. As you said, especially if you see a difference. You know, like these some of these guys out here. You know, having these kids and not being around. Well, I've never had my dad around. Okay. Right, how that makes you feel. Right. Okay, you felt crappy. Okay, so then you do the opposite. You see the opposite. So that means there's there's no longer an excuse for you to say, well, I didn't have one. So, okay, there should be, you know, that, that should be where you say, well, I didn't have one. So I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be the best one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best because I didn't have it. But the mentality is, well, I didn't have it. So if I'm okay, so, you know, the, the, those that, you know, those that I've created, they'll be all right. They don't need me. You know, and that mentality is, that's where the hardening of the heart comes in because you say this is what I see and everybody else sees it and does it and it can be done or whatever, that hardens the heart of man, you know. And it's like, no, but 
I'm showing you that there's something better. And you see there's something better, but you're still refusing it because you want to, because at the end of the day, it's because you want to do it your way. Mm-hmm. You want to do it your way. Wow. And that speaks volumes. You know, that speaks volumes. And, and, and that just, and, it's, and, I, and I wonder, you know, it's like, God, his levels, his levels, real patient. You know, we 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 have to have to get that understanding. You know, that is that is a big understanding right there, because that shows you that you need his kind of love. Because if he had our kind of love, we would be so messed up. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, we would be so messed up. You know, and we will be out of luck. We will be out of, we will be, there will be no such thing as grace and mercy if he had our kind of luck. If, if our kind of luck was, was coming from him, you know, we will be burnt up. Mm-hmm. Burnt up. He'd be good. It's like what? <laughs> okay. We'd be no more for real. Oh my gosh. He'd be like, wait, how? How are you gonna be mad at me? This is what you chose. You know. But you know, but the thing is, hardening his heart. We have to make, that's why we have to make sure. Oh, how is it? What is that first door? We're going to keep prayer. Um, And um, so that was one of the things. Cause in, one Yeah, um, but that's just, but again, you know, one of the things is it's the willingness, though. I mean, when you look at Pharaoh and when you look at, you know, the people of today and how 
they look upon God and they become hard-hearted because they want to do their own thing. God lets you harden your heart. He hardens you even more by continuing to show his signs and wonders, you know, to his people to show, to increase their faith. But the, the thing is, for those who are willing, he gave a promise. And that's given to us in Ezekiel 36. And he says, a new heart. First, he promises to cleanse it. And let's go back up to verse 25. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. That's deliverance. And a new heart, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgment and do them. And so that lets us know he he in our willingness he will adjust us. And our willingness to be humble before him, and our willingness to follow him, he will he will he will give us. He will continue to he will continue to work with the heart that we have. He'll take he'll take out. Anything that's not of him, the stones are not the stone, but the dead, the dead within us, and give us a new heart. He'll clean us up, to clean us out, so that we are able to work. He's able to work within us and live within us, and we just have to be willing. And then going to going back to Exodus, and we go through it, you know. That's why they had to go so far. That's why they had to die off. That's why he had to, unfortunately, that's why he had to let them die off in the wilderness. Because that generation was so hard-hearted. You know, they, I mean, the signs and the wonders that God had put before them, before their eyes, and they still didn't want to accept him as God and believe that he was God and have faith that he would deliver them and help them and, and you know, put them, you know, and keep his promise. Out of all that he did within their sight, they still was, like, not happy and wanting to go back. I mean, I, I know I'm jumping ahead of because we're reading that, but... I mean, I look at how it is now, and that's where we are now. Even a lot of Christians, in quotes and outside of quotes, they 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 feel as if I should be able to do both. I should be able to do both. I should be able to receive the deliverance of God, but still live in Egypt. And he's like, no, Egypt is basically, 
in each families, you're going to be serving two gods, and you have to choose. I'm not going to play second to any other god, so you need to choose. It's either me or Sarah. It's either God or the government. It's either God or the minister of your church. It's either God or your job, which is basically where the divide is going to start coming. Are you going to choose God over everything? Will you choose him? he's already chosen you, he's just looking to see if you'll choose him. And then if you choose him, he will make a way. And he will make it, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll take you through with the pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And he'll give you sustenance and all of that. But you have to be willing. You have to choose which God. Pharaoh or him. Bless your spirit. Those, it, it comes down to that. Bless your spirit. As most things do. Yeah. Yeah. And He's, and he's just like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait right here. I'm not going nowhere yet. That's why he said, seek me why I can be found. Because after a while, I won't be where you thought I was. I won't be where you thought I was. Okay. And he says that is, um, he says that Isaiah 55, 26. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So that means at some point in time, he is going to back up. At some point in time, he will no longer be, you know, out and about listening to you crying out to him. If that won't take me and mine, I'm going home. Me and mine are going home. And so that being said, um, and we are still the only ones on the call, so we're going to. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, what were you saying? With that being said, what now? I said that being said, with that being, we're still the only ones on the call. I'm going to um, do the prayers, and then. Um, we're gonna we're gonna call it we're gonna call it done. Amen. Okay, we about to do prayer requests? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to pray for Sam first. Um, as the youth. And, uh, okay. And then uh, go from there. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this call. We thank you for this line. We thank you for this ministry, above all, precious to ministries. We thank you for the man of God that you gave the vision to, Samuel Farley, and that he is obedient and willing to be the vessel needed to have the call created and to um, to step up and share who you are with us and to, to give us the um, a, a, a clear idea of who we are in you so we can strengthen our relationship with you. Father, as we go through this today, we, we pray for Sam that he will, his strength is renewed through this day that um, that he was able to sleep a little bit longer, that he woke up refreshed and revived. Lord, we ask that you would give him a quickening in his spirit, soul, and body of energy and energizing um, Holy Ghost fire, Father God, so that he will be able to combat um, the traps and snares that the enemy puts before him. Lord, we pray a protection that you will go that that you will just strengthen his spiritual armor, fortify it. Where there are dents, where there are holes, oh God, go through and and repair any breaches, oh Lord, as only you can. We speak the bow of Gilead over his mind to fortify it, Father God, as he deals with the 270 years in his household. Lord, we ask that you just continue to keep him strengthened on every hand. And all that he gives out, oh God, we ask that you give it back to him a hundredfold as he works and walks in obedience to your will. We ask, oh God, that you watch over his daughter, Morgan, and over his parents and family, Friends and seven degrees of separation, keeping them and him from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen. Keep him and them from every repercussion and and um, and backlash as he goes um, and he speaks and he stands firm against all that the enemy puts for him, because you say in your word, resist the devil, and he shall flee, and that's what he's been doing, he's been resisting by standing on your word in regards to his health, his family's health, in regards to the attacks, spiritual attacks, oh God, so just continue to keep him and cover him, in the name of Yeshua, we pray, amen. Father, we come for the youth. Hold on 
We pray for the youth of God, the students, from infants, not even infants, from conception on. Father God, we, we come for those. We come for the youth from conception to 25, oh Lord. I know 25 is beyond the age. That's the age of beyond the age of accountability, accountability, Lord. But in the maturity, the spiritual maturity, they are still children. Oh God, we comfort them as well. And so, Lord, we pray right now for the youth that they are protected because the enemy comes for the youth from the the moment of conception all the way up until 25 in the school system from grammar school <clears throat> to high school to college, oh Lord, coming against what they've been taught in their beliefs at home to come against the, the family structure, to come against Speaking for themselves, oh God, but having a a high mind and and um, no logic and just just to go with what is being said and said to them, oh God, probably come at they will have an individuality that is so needed at this time that they will stand firm in the faith that was that was seeded. Um, into them that was taught to them by their parents, oh God, that they will stand firm in the faith that they know who you are and that they don't forget because you said, Lord, train up a child and when they and when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. So Lord, I pray that their training will be strengthened, that their the seeds that are sown are deep and deep Deeply rooted, oh God, let the seeds not die, let the seeds not wither, let the roots take hold and stay held, oh God. That they, that even if it comes down to just a remnant, that that remnant will be strengthened and begin to sprout and grow. Because you said it only takes a mustard seed of faith for us to have the strength that we need. So, Lord, let the mustard seed of faith continue to be within each and every tribe, but let it grow, O oh Father, in the name of Yeshua. Cover their mind and their spirit and their body, O oh Lord, under your protection so that all the seeds that have been sown through prayer, through words of encouragement, through teachings, O oh God, that they will not be plucked out because of what the teacher says, what their peers say, oh God, let it be where they can walk without falling, where they, where even if they stumble, you catch them and they know it was you and not because of something that they did. And they understand that it's you and not they themselves that will get them from one level to another in this world, oh God, that they wouldn't need to continue to acknowledge you for their success because without you there would be nothing. 
And Lord, we just thank you. And we praise you that they will that that their that their youth that the youth be protected from all accidents, accidental violence and purposeful violence. Lord, that their that the the um the purpose of the enemy that comes against their body, oh God, let it not come to fruition. We speak against cancer, against the children, trying to kill them off through cancer, oh God, trying to kill them off through um, violence, oh God, trying to kill them off through vaccines and everything else, oh God. We, we cover them, oh God. Cover them and keep them on every hand, oh God. In the name of Yeshua, we pray, amen. Um, and we come for the um, the teachers and the independent schools and those who homeschool. Father, they are on the front line for the youth, trying to give them a different environment, a safe environment to learn freely and outside of the, again, hive mind, but learning everything that they need to learn to make it in this world, how to look at money, how to be entrepreneurs, how to be strong in spirit, soul, and body. And so, Lord, just continue to keep the teaching, keep the schools. Lord, continue to keep the parents that have to pay to make the sacrifice to pay the additional funds, you know, instead of the free public schools, but willing to pay the additional funds for their child to have better, for their child to have quality, for their child to be able to have a chance at life and life more abundantly. Lord, keep each and every one of them safe and protected. Let them, the teachers and the independent schools and homeschoolers, patients, continue to help them in their patience and their love of teaching so that the children receive the quality education that you want them to have for their good for your glory. In the name of your show, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we pray for Sam's list. All the names, Lord, you know. All the different um, aspects of the spiritual list, you know, from wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and discerning power to the uh, synergistic of everything together. The will become that you give us the understanding on how to use the weapons of our warfare, which is your word. We can't use them on our own. Because we might use them in air, but you can show us how to use them 
for our good, but for your glory. We are willing to learn. We are willing to to do as you instruct us to do. And so we come against and we, we, we put a hedge of protection around the people of the list, even the ministers, even those who are sick and shut in, even those who are hostage, even those who are grieving because they lost the loved one over the weekend, even those who are looking for employment, those who are dealing with finances, dealing with health issues. God, your word is true. Every man is a liar, but your word is true. If you say you will heal, we will be healed. Your word says we can prosper, we will prosper. Your your word says we need to renew our mind daily and renew our mind within you, Father. But we are weak, you say, you are our strength, and so we stand on that, oh, Lord. Yahweh God, we do all we can to stand. And but you you are our rock. You are our fortress. You are our sword and our shield. And so as we stand in the gap in prayer for all of those on the list that can't pray for themselves or don't know what to pray, we pray in their stand of God asking for their strength to be renewed, asking for their joy to be renewed, asking for the clarity of thoughts to be renewed, asking for their spirit to be refreshed in you, by you. And Lord, we just thank you in advance for that blessing, for that renewal. For loving on us and loving on us and loving us in spite of ourselves, in spite of our thoughts. You look beyond our thoughts, you see where we are, and you love us enough that when we call out to you, our Father, you answer our call. Maybe not the way we expect it, but you answer our call. So we can do nothing but say thank you because you answer our call the way we need it to be answered. Maybe not the way we want it to be answered, but the way we need it to be answered. In your way, it's always better. Your way is always better. So help us have appreciative heart. Help us to have appreciative heart. And not be so hard-hearted and say, it didn't come the way I wanted it to, so I'm not going to accept it. But accept it for what it is. 
because we know it, it's an answer for me. And so, therefore, it'll be a, it, it, it's not a detriment, and it won't hurt us. It'll make us better. It'll take us higher. It'll make us stronger. And it will show us that you love us beyond all measure. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that. We acknowledge you as our Father tonight. We acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior, our Deliverer, our Savior, our strong tower, our great physician, our healer, our fortifier, and our strength. We thank you in advance for that. Because that's what you will be for us today, our daily bread. And it will be a show we pray. Amen. And I pray for Lisa. I want to say a special prayer for PSM family. Um, And all the remnants. Stand firm. Stand strong in what you are learning about the Lord, our God. Stand firm and stand strong in that. No matter what we see, no matter what we see in the world, that is not God. God has proven himself over and over again to us. He has shown himself over and over again to us. Let us not be deceived by what the world says God is. Let us not be deceived on what the world says God should look like. He has shown himself to us. He has shown himself to us through our, our shared testimony. And he has shown himself strong, not weak. He has shown himself faithful, not wishy-washy. Just need to stand firm and knowing and believing. Lord, help us where we have a shaky belief in in you. Help us in our areas of unbelief. Help us in our areas of lack. Help us, oh God, so that when the enemy comes against us like a flood, we can raise the standard that you have put before us and be able to stand. 
flat-footed, firmly planted, no wavering to and fro in doubt or confusion, but standing firm in our faith that you will make a way out. No matter how it looks, in the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, and Pam. Pam. You know, every day, sometimes you ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? <laughs> you do, you know, is it really worth it? Is you know, is all this stuff that I'm going through really worth it? Because I can really go back and compromise some things and I could be back to doing a nine to five tomorrow. And I could be doing, I could make X amount of dollars and I could be doing all that I want to do, but then it's like, you know what, it is worth it. And it's okay to have those moments because as we can see, even looking through, as we go through Exodus, when we all have those moments, you know, where we want to go back. It was so much easier with that nine to five, even though I was stressing out, I was losing my hair, I was gaining or losing weight, you know, having ulcer coming, you know, whatever. Why would I want to go back to that? Because it was easier. But God's letting us know, don't sell your birthright. This way it may be, it may seem a little hard, Pam, but it's worth it. And every once in a while you see the peak of it that you have, it's worth it. The peak you to hold on and stand firm. It's just... We strengthen each other here and stand strong. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. I'm going to do words of encouraging. And then we're done. So these um, are... They... They really bless my soul sometimes. 
and I, I need to read it more often, but I don't, so that's my fault. So um, I call them the birds because they're, they're, their names are Bill Burns and Marsha Burns, and they always give such great words of encouragement. They prophecies, however you want to word it. And so from um, Bill Burns, he says, this is indeed a brand new day. Many will miss it. But if you will understand that which I am doing, then you will walk this new path of life with me. And you will know those things that are going to take place. As you go, I will reveal them to you, and you will understand that I am sharing with you my plans for this season. When these plans are completed in your life, you will be strengthened, and you will come up higher. You will become like a lion in strength and power, for this is ordained by me, says the Lord. And then... Um, Marsha Burns says, reevaluate where you are spiritually in comparison to where you want to be. This is the first step in moving forward in my purposes, says the Lord. There are things you can do to make your journey on earth more meaningful, all within your grasp. And she refers to Psalms 84 and 5. It says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And so it's all in knowing that we have to continue to strive towards being closer to God. It's not a one, you know, a one, one step and that's it type thing. I mean, you can... Like Sam says, a lot, of, a lot of preachers say, well, yeah, you can accept Christ as your Savior in your heart, you know, and and profess it. But there's so much more that he would love to do for us and in us than just save us. And so that being said, that's the end of Okay. Another successful Bible study. Yes, ma'am. Did you have any other um, that cover all the prayers? Have I seen anything? I think that was it. Right. Yeah, I think they're coming it off. Okay. Then that being said, we are done for today. Okie dokie. Well, you have a blessed day. You too. And I'll be with you. You too. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. <laughs> like, did you hear what I said? Uh, I'm sorry. I said good luck with your. Were you like you too? <laughs> <laughs> you said good luck with my interview. Thank oh, you, you know what? 
Erica's mm-hmm. on the line. Did you say a prayer for Erica? Oh, she she's is? on the she's on the computer. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know. Okay, um, Erica, 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 Erica. All right, Miss Ma'am. Um, Father God, we come for Erica. Okay. Hmm. You might. I just kind of Okay, Lord. Um. All right, Lord. You know what? We are one with you. So, Lord, we come for Erica right now that you will strengthen her and keep her as she steps out. As she steps out. As she steps out. And, Lord, as she steps out, we ask that you will just place her foot exactly where it needs to be place. You know, just like a person that's that's climbing a mountain for the first time. You know, they have to, you know, not even for the first time because there are experienced climbers that do the same thing, but they have to make sure that their foot and their hands go into the right places. But that's always Sometimes there's a guy that shows exactly where I'll say, put your foot right there and put your hand right there. Lord, let her hear your voice as you show her how to climb the mountain that is before her and help her not to look down or up, but just pay attention to where she is so that she doesn't get afraid or distracted. Afraid because she looked down about, you know, seeing how far she's come or to look up and get distracted to see how much further she has to go. Help her to stay focused on where she is right now so that she can place her hands and see exactly where you need she needs to place them so she can continue to climb higher on her mountain. And Lord, we just thank you in advance for the grace and mercy that you have placed upon her life so that she's willing and able, willing and able to climb the mountain that you have put before her. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, honey, trying to manipulate my phone and this computer and the other phone. I'm good. <laughs> and it's Monday. <laughs> well, good job. You good? Yay. <laughs> yeah. And I've had people in and out of my office all morning already, so. Yeah, I was listening, but I was trying to say, oh, Lord, she called my name. Let me. I don't. Okay, wait, and yeah, so it's been that kind of morning. <laughs> well, you know, once I saw once I saw you out there, I was like, okay, we can't forget Erica. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was like, okay, 
It's, it's, it's Monday. It's Monday, and it's the first of the month, so you can just imagine. Yeah. Now, is Rod from Arkansas or Alabama? I think he's from Arkansas. He's not from Alabama. Okay. Rod, are you on the call? Okay. Then we have a we have a guest then from, from Arkansas on the call. Okay. Well, welcome. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's, I hope that you were able to listen to the call. Um, if not, we do. We are able to go back in and listen to the recording once um, the call has ended. And um, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to come back on and um, you can discuss them. Yep, yep, yep. Let's see. Um, is there hmm. any, any other questions or comments? Concerns, requests for prayers? Okay. All right, then the world that will be the end of our Bible study today. Okay, everyone. Have a blessed day. Talk to you in the morning. All right. Have a good one. Have a great one. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.